0: Welcome to Remembering What Matters Most, a podcast exploring what it means to live our lives based on what is most important to us. I'm your host, Susan McNamara, and today I'm with Patty Mari, friend and fellow educator. Welcome, Patty. Thanks. Good to see you today. Good to see you too. Nice to be inside
1: where it's warm and Mm. away from the cold.
0: Yeah, and talking about you know, topics that personally I find really interesting and important for us as people in terms of how we move forward with the technologies and how we're using them in ways that actually uplift our lives as opposed to, you know, either fragmenting them or somehow, you know, bringing us into places that we actually don't even want to be going to.
1: Yeah. And I think some of these issues are, are deep enough so that we have to spend quite a bit of time talking about them to find a solution that really works for us today in this um, time of, of the world, you know, and, mm. and whatever, and uh, in the midst of everything that is happening, let's say.
0: Yeah, in the midst of everything that is happening, and it's funny because as you were talking, I was sort of reminded about this uh, of this woman that I had had a conversation with probably like two or three years ago, and I was sort of proposing some kind of a uh, an ongoing column, you know, that we could look at all these different angles around how the technologies were impacting us, and I remember her saying to me, "Well, you know." You're going to run out of topics like this isn't <laughs> this isn't, you know, something that's got um, longevity to it. And actually, I found I found it to be quite the opposite. That So you're not running out of topics? I'm not Susan? running out of topics. Um, wow. And uh, the one that I I chose today uh, is the topic of fear. Because I think that I've just run into a bunch of different situations recently, a couple with parents, um, a lot with my college students, where the fear that is happening for so many of us right now between, you know, everything that's going on in the world – you know, climate change, the the ticks, the 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 viruses, and the mosquitoes, the political situation, and there's a lot of fear there. And one of the things that I'm noticing, or I guess getting more and more curious about, is when is the use of the technologies um, creating fear that's actually not there or not helpful for us, and when is it actually serving a real function in our lives in terms of keeping us aware of things that we would either want to be or need to be aware of?
1: Yeah. Like, do you think it's causing more fear that people are so connected that when something happens around the globe, across the globe, I'll say, say, we, we know it almost automatically. We know it. I mean, is that causing more fear or is it causing um, a sense of calm because you're so connected, you know what's happening. And so, I mean, I don't know. I think that maybe people are being tweaked constantly. Mm. You know, you get that tweet and you read that tweet and it just, (laughs) it tweaks. So the tweet tweaks (laughs) you (laughs) in such a way that it actually causes a little bit more stress and a little bit more fear, and I think that we're living so much um, in a stress response Mm. that, um, you know, our adrenals are just fired up constantly, and it's hard to come down from that when it's just ping, 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 we're getting text and tweet and, and everything, and it's just hard to come down from that.
0: Yeah, I I think you're right. And I think that word tweaked is like such a great word because it just has this like twangy, activated kind of quality. And Mm -hmm. I think that there's, you know, like so many things that we're talking about here, I don't think that there's an easy yes or no, right or wrong around this. Like, should you be following certain news? Should you not be following certain news? Does the information make you better, feel better? Does it make you feel worse? I think so much of this has to do with context, with, um, you know, our ages with our, the particular place that we might be in our lives at any point in time Mm -hmm. because, so we're getting this information and we're hearing about things that without the technologies we would never hear about before. And there can be a way where that feels like it's bringing us closer together. But then there's a way where based on how the news feeds go and based on what is being pushed at us all the time we can start to get into this mindset where everything is a danger and that mm. the world is this perilous place and that we have to be constantly on guard and and that's and I see this most with my college students mm. I, I've been really um, stunned actually to see how many things that they're afraid of and yeah. and even things that I would consider are just, kind of everyday normal part of being, you know, a human being and living in the world. And I think partly that's the news feeds, but then also partly it's look at how we entertain ourselves right now. You know, we we entertain ourselves on a steady diet of fear. When you look at the, the shows that are most popular right mm. now, some of the movies that are most popular. Yeah. And so this is another one of those places where You know, so from a yogic perspective, for instance, one of the things I'm thinking a lot about these days are the five senses and Mm. about the information that we take in. And from a yogic perspective, we would say that what we're digesting isn't just the physical food that we eat, you know, from an Ayurvedic or a yogic perspective what you take in through your eyes, through your ears, through all of your senses is a kind of a food. And so one of the things that I'm wondering a lot about these days is when we're either watching really extreme shows or when we're listening to the same gruesome news story 25 times, what are we taking in? What are we digesting? And and, and how is that then... um, really deeply impacting not only who we are, but how we feel about the world in general.
1: Mm. Wow. That, wow. Yeah. We could take the whole time to just unpack (laughs) that whole scenario you just laid out.
0: Yeah, like what if we really did think about what we're taking in across the screen as being food? Mm. And so if we just take that food analogy, you know, we all know that there's like beautiful home-cooked meals, you know, fresh ingredients made by somebody that you love. And then there's, you know, the stuff that you pick up in Cumberland Farms and put in the microwave and walk out the door while you're still eating. And then there's candy corn, and then there's, you know.
1: And all of that is very scary food. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, I do notice in my young students, because I teach K-6, to they do seem afraid a lot of things that when I was a kid, I didn't think that I had to be afraid of. Well, we like didn't, like we you didn't said, even mosquitoes, know. they're yes. afraid of mosquitoes. Yep. Like we were annoyed by mosquitoes, but right. we weren't afraid of mosquitoes. Or they're afraid of any kind of insect. Or they're afraid, I remember one girl um, at my school when we were going out to research, do, do a little research on um, lady slippers. And there was a young girl who was afraid to go into the woods. You know, there was a lot, there is a lot of fear among children. I don't remember being that afraid of everything when I was a little kid. We were always afraid of strangers. Right. Definitely.
0: But you have to begin to wonder, you know, the exposure Mm. of what they're seeing across the screen. And then you have to also begin to wonder about the exposure that they're parents are being exposed to as well right because we know Mm. that you know whether it's human being or any mammal we're going to pass on the information to our offspring about what you should avoid and what you should move towards Mm. and this whole you know when you're talking about Um, earlier you know about the adrenals and the stress response I think one of the things that's often lost in our culture is the stress response is an essential aspect of being a human being that we need a strong survival-based response but that that it's only supposed to really be coming up in real life or death situations but now what I see an awful lot especially with parents and my college students is there's a kind of um culturally induced fear happening based on what we're taking in across the screens. And then there's like a self-generated fear so that it's it's like our biological wires are getting crossed, that we're activating that stress response, that fear response in us when there's not an actual, real, right. physical danger. Yeah, And one of my big concerns a lot of times, too, when I'm talking to my college students is you want that system intact so that when a real survival situation comes your way, you're able to like. Differentiate. Le- exactly. Between. Yeah.
1: And I think when we are living in the adrenals, I went to a talk last week um, by Ray Christ and he was talking about when, our, when we think that we are being um, threatened, our hormones tell our brain, this is one of those fight, flight or freeze situations. And we then react from the adrenals. it's it's a brain thing, you know, so we're reacting from a very limited way. It's very guttural. Mm. When we're calm and relaxed, we're we're able to act more from the heart. like we can think more higher order kind of thinking. We can think with more compassion and more empathy and more logically mm-hmm. when, we, when our adrenals aren't all fired up. And so you wonder if, if we're constantly in a stress response, then can we even differentiate between a real uh, threat and like a perceived threat? You know like yeah you're watching way too many episodes of The Walking Dead (laughs) you know right right before bed kind of thing
0: right or that you're gravitating always to a certain kind of news feed and Mm. this is such an important point right that like we're talking about the higher and the lower centers of the brain and I don't mean that in a like a pejorative sense I mean that like when we're in the lower centers that's the reptilian brain the the limbic system that fight flight response that's so important for us but when we're in that place that more animal kind of the brain we don't have that higher ability like you're saying to be in connection to be coming from a place of um More of a heart-based approach because one of the things that we know is when you're in a stress response, too, when you're in that fear-based place, it becomes a very me-versus-you kind of mentality. Mm -hmm. And that's super important when we're in a survival situation because our systems just want to stay alive. They don't really care about being nice or kind or compassionate. And yet... We need that higher order level of thinking in order to, one, be able to be in any kind of decent relationship with one another, to be able to live lives that have meaning and purpose, and most of all, I think, to be able to solve so many of the issues that are facing us right now. But if we keep acting out of places of fear, you know, we just keep getting more and more of the fear. Yeah. Or the or The anger.
1: The anger. I mean, I'm thinking about the very divisive tweets mm. that are going out kind of on both sides of the political spectrum. And when you receive one of those tweets, how much, and, and I think under under the anger, there might be fear, mm. but this side's doing this, or that side's doing that. And it, all it does is really serve to um, to divide us and polarize us. In such ways that I wonder if we're ever going to be able to really recover from this Mm -hmm. and be able to think with that higher part of the mind, you know, that more expansive part of the mind so that we can solve some of these huge problems we have. Right. Because I really think that in Washington, our leaders are thinking from that back body, those adrenals. Yeah. And from a very old, you know, part of the brain that had to do with survival, and it's me versus them, yeah. you know. And I think that a lot of people are coming at life through that lens. And yeah, it's kind of that's to me that's scary. That's what scares me, because mm-hmm. I, you know, I'd love to see some of these huge um, problems we have in the world solved, like climate change and you know, species going extinct, and, um, you know, just
0: recycling,
1: for God's sakes, you know? Um,
0: Yeah, and I think that, that, you know, then that sort of, not sort of, it does, it starts to beg the question, how do we do this? How do we start to be more um, discerning in terms of what we fall for what we believe are real and legitimate fears and so one of the things that i would say to our listeners that's always such an important thing is to be so aware of when you're watching something how do you feel when you're done because there's a difference between being informed and there's and being frightened. Yeah. Right? There's a huge difference in right. that. And and the same thing. There's a difference between being uplifted in our entertainment and being, um, you know, pulled down into this place where you just feel more afraid or more awful. And I always come back because fear is such an interesting thing. Like you can't actually talk somebody out of fear, but what you can start to do is to notice your own experience, to notice, um, when and where and how, and if, if what you're doing across the screen is raising the fear in you or is quieting that fear in you. And then I know that, you know, both You and I, and I'm assuming that this is one of the reasons why you come back to your yoga practices, that time every day is my recalibration. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to be yoga. It doesn't have to be meditation, but just... What do you do every single day in this crazy, ever-accelerating world where you put everything on hold? You know, for me, and I know it's also true for you, it's getting in the woods, Mm -hmm. it's spending time with good company, right? Like if we go back to that food analogy, you know, time in good company, uplifting um, entertainment, um, time in nature, those are all things that bring us back to that set point so Mm -hmm. that you can be in the, the higher... Levels of the brain, you can locate yourself more in the heart, more in the compassionate areas of the brain. And that requires stepping off. It requires something that I don't feel like we do well at all in this culture right now, as far as the technologies. That being, we've got to create some boundaries. Mm -hmm. We've got to say enough. Like, how many times do you actually need to watch the same gory news story? Like, how many different Mm -hmm. angles do you need to hear Mm -hmm. about that? Like, if you're someone who feels like For whatever reasons, you need to hear all of the news that's out there. How many times do you need to hear that story? Like, Isn't once enough? Well, it kind of reminds me of when
1: there's a big weather system coming along, and like the hurricane, or we have a big weather system coming toward the United States. It really does get kind of scary when you're watching the weather forecasters. And you're watching that system come toward, say, Florida, and you have family there, or maybe you live there yourself. It's really scary and it's constant. It's just repeating. And, like you said, different angles of the same news. And then it ends up where, you know, this is the funny thing that it ends up like missing the United States entirely and going out to sea. But we can't get that time back.
0: Right. You and know? Yeah. And like, we
1: have been, a, a, it did scare us. Yes. You know, it did tweak us to go back to that analogy mm-hmm. again. Our adrenals did fire up. It did, you know, maybe take some time off of our own longevity because when we're under stress like that, you know, it takes time off of our lives. It takes um, quality out of our lives. Mm-hmm. And I also like what you said about the food thing, because as we are, it's kind of like when you eat too much of, um, for me, it's potato chips. (laughs) I'm just, I love (laughs) potato chips. And so I'll eat like a whole bag, you know, I'll have, I'm I'm not proud to say that, but every now and then, you know, like you kind of lose control and you eat way too much of something and then you feel, oh, same thing with news, right? When we binge on this bad news Mm -hmm. or whatever it is, um, we feel terrible. So it's kind of like that same thing. We've got to learn how to tease it out and figure it out and make better choices for ourselves. Yeah. I suppose.
0: Yeah. And I think the weather is such, that's like, actually I have to tell you, it's like a personal pet peeve of mine because I feel like right now the, the weather is, represented like it's a serial killer yeah you know like everything if you look at the the news everything it's dangerous it's working people up it's making you feel like you can't possibly go five seconds without checking it again and for me what I can't stand about that again is the way that it um, creates a very particular spin on a very natural thing. The weather is the weather. It's not trying to be dangerous. It's not trying to harm us or kill us or hurt us. But again, the way that it's often sold to us is that, that it's this dangerous sort of maniacal thing that we've got to be constantly looking over our shoulder about as opposed to having the recognition that weather is part of the natural world and it's part of being a human being. And there have been human beings forever and ever, that lived with far less protection around them and and dealt with the elements as they dealt with the elements. But we've gotten so removed from that that we're not even having a direct experience to check in to ask ourselves the question, is this information helping me right now or is it just making me absolutely nuts in my mind?
1: Well, I think part of that too, for me anyway, is the idea of climate change Mm. and that weather is getting more extreme. So when I see news coverage like that about extreme weather conditions, I always think, it tweaks me because I always think, oh my god, another um, fact that shows me that climate change is coming and it's coming fast.
0: But it would be so interesting, right, if we – because there's so many different ways that we can use our attention. You know, I just heard some uh, teacher talking about that, that our attention, so where we put our focus Mm – is our most profound and powerful resource. And if we just take what we've been talking about here and see the way how often we take our precious attention and we focus it on super extreme, super outrageous, super fearful things, what are we really doing? Like, are we forfeiting somehow our most precious and powerful resource? And so what it makes me wonder about, again, is... What if, right, instead of hyper focusing on the dangers, what if we were taking our attention, recognizing the reality? Okay, so things are changing around us, but without putting that like super hyper spin on it, now how are we going to approach this? Because the fear based thing. It's never going to be what gets us out of the predicaments that we're in right now, because I feel like we end up wasting a lot of our energy. We get super extreme. And then what often happens, too, is people just sort of collapse out of, you know, apathy, almost like that freeze response. Yeah. So how can we. You know, especially because we're talking about we're living in the attention economy. Everything is built right now to grab and hold and take our attention away from us. And part of what's happening is is fear is being used to keep our attention locked onto different things. So i is going to propose as we're starting to come to the end of our time here together, that everybody out there, you spend like, even if it's 40 seconds every single day, putting your attention on what you do want, mm-hmm. putting your attention on something positive. So whether that's, you know, sitting over a cup of tea as you look at a tree outside your window, going for a walk in the woods, recognizing, you know, what's really wonderful and beautiful and hopeful in your life. But just some part of every single day to reclaim your attention, to pull it back off of that edge of fear and to really make a solid and strong choice about where you're going to p- focus your attention.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And thinking about like an issue like climate change or recycling, what is one step I could take to empower myself to make one positive change toward the thing that I'm most fearful of? Yeah. Right? So put your attention there. Yes. Put your the, attention. And that's a on really very good point you brought up about fear being like a commodity that um people are using to get our attention because we have so many things we could be putting our attention on. And I had never heard that.
0: Yeah, well, I just, I've just been paying, I just been paying attention to it because it's such a primal mm. biological button yeah. that it feels like it's literally impossible to ignore fear. And, yeah. and in, in, in a survival in the wild, that is an absolutely legit important thing, right, that you would never want to just be like, oh, whatever, when some when your fear buttons went off. But what we've got to now do is we've got to start to be able to figure out how to make that distinction between when is this a real survival-based situation and when are my fear buttons being manipulated? And yeah. the only way that we're going to be able to make that level of discernment is you have to pull out of all of the noise mm-hmm. on a regular basis, yeah. spend time with yourself, spend time in nature, in good company. Spend time with your own thoughts so that you get a sense of, um, is this a real and true thing or, or, or are my fear buttons basically being manipulated yeah. somehow?
1: And and it's almost like a technology knowing how your brain works. It was, a yeah. And this is something I got from Ray Christ, his class, his yoga class I took the other day at Kripalu, that he talked about yoga as a technology to help us lead better lives because... If we can come at our lives from a common centered place, then we won't be living so much in that stress response. And we will be able to think our way out of some of these bigger problems that we have. And I love that idea that something so ancient mm. and so simple can be thought of as a technology. And it really is. And we need other technologies like that too. We also need to know how our brains work so that we can see when we are stuck in a stress response and how we can get out of it. Mm. And it ain't easy. No. When you are in a stress response, it ain't easy even if you know the tools. Yeah. So the more we practice with those, mindful breath, um, embodiment, being getting into your body and out of your head. Um you know, leaving the distraction of the screens behind and doing something else for a while. Looking at a baby, listening to music. There's so many different ways we can come into our own yogas. It doesn't have to be the kind of yoga we do uh, that uses breath and movement on the mat. But whatever your yoga is, yeah, people knit, you know, Mm -hmm. um,
0: yeah so whatever your yoga is whatever that means for you we're just Mm going to really encourage everybody out there this is about you know taking back your own attention taking back your own mind your own experience and not allowing that to be hijacked and uh, take you down a road that actually isn't um, not only not keeping you safe but isn't sourcing your life because we're just we're talking here too about the quality of our lives and so as we're Coming to the end, again, it's just another reminder to me about how many layers and levels um, that go with this topic of technology and the way that it's impacting our lives. Yeah, and
1: I think we just really touched on it (laughs) today. Yeah, just barely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So as always, when we can remember what matters most, we create lives that we can feel good about and that serve as a contribution to the world. So Patty, if you'd like to tell everybody how they can get in touch with you... So you can email me at pattypraymari
1: at gmail.com. That's P-A-T-I-P-R-A-Y-M-A-R-I at gmail. Or visit my webpage, which is yoga, all one word, dot com.
0: And if you'd like to hear more about what I do, please go to the farm at avalon.org and you have to spell out the A T. And I also write a blog on kids and technology, uh, things about the body, nature. So if you'd be interested in that, you can go to medicineforthepeople.com and four is the number four. So until next time. Thanks, Suzanne. Thanks, Patty. Take care, everybody.